You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Oh, and this is Shuvah Zupayskim, a special pre-shloishim harocha and uh, appreciation of Rav Shlema Fischer's Eichetzadik Kodesh Lvrocha. We spoke about him last week. Of course, there was a hesped from 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 Chashuvei Eretz Yisrael. What I want to really do today, and I, and I really want it to be like a base medrash al kvore. You know, base medrash. The word base medrash, of course, comes from the word to be doresh. And that's the reason is because Rosh Hashanah Fisher, although he sat on the Rabbanut, and I found a number of his psalkim um, in the Oisif Piskei Dinim, Rav Shlomo Fisher uh, was not known in Kuala Yisrael as a paisek. Whenever you heard a psak from him, you you sittered because you realized there's something significant here. But he was not turned to as his brother uh, was, uh, his older brother who was on the on the badats. Uh, still, someone who sits and learns and teaches and is shakua in so respect There are going to be psakim that are known from Reb Fisher. His is, is, is was spoken about last. I'm going to talk about today is primarily Yoridea centered. Um, and let's start with this one. This is from one of his his Talmidim, and you can see that um, uh, someone who became close to Rav Shlomo Fisher when Rav Shlomo Fisher lived in Mivaseret. Um, he was uh, there were people who always appreciated who he was. He lived, of course. Uh, I almost said as poor as a church mouse, but I think he would not appreciate that, that between. He lived as poor as a shtibel mouse uh, in a way that was um, uh, harkened back to a, a whole different generation. The the people from Talmidim that he had in Itchri and, and, and through the years who recognized his greatness and recognized how, how, how impoverished his life was did what they could in many tricky ways to be able to get him uh, to move and to get a different apartment. Uh, eventually, you know, he lived in the Vaseret uh, for a number of years, and then he, his last home was in Harnof. When he was in Mivaseret, he, he, he was in a neighborhood where he was surrounded by uh, Kippas Ruganiks. He was surrounded by people wearing Kippas Rugot, uh, people from the Mizrahi community, and, you know, you can see pictures of it here. This is some pictures of him working with some of the boys. Uh, when he uh, moved to Mivaser and was able to form a relationship with Rafaela Fisher, and he asked him questions. One of the questions that came up, of course, was the um, having a beard, shaving. The, um, as you can see, he mentions what he told Ron Sarib. He says, It is, isn't it just a, a shaver, a shaving machine? Is a shaving machine also? Kitar. And I've heard that you said that it's, that, that it's also, it's just like taking a razor. So he said, and you can see he says he 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 smiled and what he said was um yeah it's a, it was like a young in a way a young youthful smile and he said ken 
Ron Ze Isser Gomer. And this is what his psak was. Now, again, there's been a number of chuvas, of course, uh, from Rav Moshe. Uh, my good friend, uh, Harold Jackter, recently came out with a, a safer where he feels he has proved conclusively that even the lift and cut shaver does not, is, is not called an Isser Tar, and it's not an Isser Minatera. Uh, and we know that this is a, a, a Shaila that's Mamish Nogeya to many in Kuala Yisrael. Um, I should say Rav Nochem Rabinovich also has a psak that uh, is quite, um, he goes through all the shitas very uh, efficiently. Um, so it is a shoy b'machlekas ha'paiskim. Even Rav Moshe is meiko on a certain on certain types of shavers. You have to actually do the pu'ula l'maisa. Rav David Feinstein, again, would, would, would always... Uh, Act of and, and and take the uh, the 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 razor, whatever it was that was in the machine, and he would see if it cut uh, like a piece of hair on his skin the way it, the way it would cut it. So, uh, Rab David and Rav Meisha Feinstein, Tzadikim Zochen Mavrocha, were make on certain types of shavers. Um, there are poskim today that, uh, that is matir, seemingly almost all shavers, it would seem. And again, Harold Jackter feels that um, he has the haskama of Rav Shechter and Rav Mordechai Willig, but Rav, uh, Rav Fisher was machmir legamri, and he felt that it was an iser daraisa. And I, I, what I like about um, this psak is that uh, he it, it came out with a um, uh, as you can see here a, a shaila that came up. The, the shaila was that um, the uh, someone once came to Rav Fisher and asked him if he could. He was a uh, an electric appliance repairman, and someone came to him and said, "Someone came to me with their television. Can I be matir uh, fixing their television?" Isn't a television a clean metulav? Isn't a television some of the, one of the, the worst things to have? You're going to see things that are also. So Fisher said, as you can see, televizia. You can fix a person's television. Because there are many things on television. Surprise. Even Fisher knew that. There are things that are mutter. You can see planet Earth. You can see mutual of Omaha. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly, you know, where you draw the line, but there's definitely dvarim mutarim amish to see on television. Litzad dvarim, litzad the dvarim asurim. There's definitely, and therefore, when you fix someone's television, um, what he said was that habichira biyad halakuach, the purchaser can decide. You're not. That's not lifnayiver. But if if someone would come to you with a shaver, then that would might that would be lifnaiver. Because if a Jewish person is coming with a shaver and you're fixing that shaver for him, so that would be an Isramanataira Qatar. So that's that that would be true. He could go to somebody else. Maybe it has a din Messiah, maybe it's right, but what else is the purpose for it? Or as a television. Has uh, has options 
that are mutter. And therefore, fixing it, it's not, you don't have to think, oh, look what I'm doing. I'm, I'm dealing with televisions or selling televisions. According to Rav Fisher, selling electric shavers to Jews would be a, a worse issue. It might, it seems to be, a, a, a sniff of Lifneiver or Misayea Lidei Oivrei Aveira. Rav Fisher was known to have said that, um, that there are um, three, again, these are some of his psakim. This is one of them. One of these is a is a Yeridea psak uh, that he says that um, there are three things that the even the the Torah velt, the Torah world is is uh, on, But I'm, I'm going to find this to you. The three things that the Torah world is on, and they don't realize. One of them he says was. Um, letting their wives wear wigs. Um, and I guess he might be referring to wigs that look like, have an element that they look like normal uh, normal hair. The other is that they use electric shavers. And the third thing was, was smoking on Yontif, which he felt smoking on Yontif was a, a Isra Havara, and it didn't have a din of of uh, of eichel nefesh. Um, he didn't believe, especially since what you're doing is you're actually creating the eish, which is something we're machmer for. Even if you want to say that it has a din of eichel nefesh, he felt that the smoking was actually an act of havara. It wasn't just a question of being magdil, but it was actually generating the flame. But it seems like he also felt that it was not considered a shovel of kol nefesh. So these were three things which he felt that the world was, is, the post can say that it's mamisha cheftza, like Abayda Zara, to have in your house. It's, it's, it's much worse. According to Rav Fisher, a person has a television in his house. Okay, you know, he can make that choice. A, a, a person has an electric shaver. He's probably being over in Isra Daraisa. So that is a little bit of a, of, of a different angle on that. Okay, so that is one psak. Uh, the other psak in Yoridea that I'd like to share with you is something that Rav Fisher wrote when he was a, a young man. It was mentioned last week by Rav Pfeffer, I have to say. And um, again, here's Rav Fisher at the, at the age of 26 or 27, dealing with a question of what do you do in terms of, 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 of Kvura when a body is being cut up, and you can see here it is. The truth is, is that in Israel, and of course throughout uh, the world, Jewish uh, people are subjected to autopsies. Um, And you know that we have to work very hard sometimes to stop that from happening. I have to say parenthetically, and I say this, if Benny, you know, we formed as a matter of course. So now the question is, um, they then take the bodies, Nebuch, that were autopsied, and they bring them to the Heber Kedisha. And when that occurs, so Paritz Mibitno Kiluach Damrav, because the body has already been cut, and there's already been various um, uh, you know, incisions that are made. So now when the Heber Kedisha tries to do their best in terms of doing the Tahara, 
So now blood is going to spill out. So what do you do with that blood? That is the question. Blood that comes out of the body after an autopsy. This is really, uh, in, in a way, it was written in 1958. Or Fisher, again, was 26 or 27 when he wrote this. And I, I don't know if there's a, a tshuva that precedes this uh, about this question, about what to do. And exactly, and of course, I would assume uh, my, my good friend, uh, Rav Nelson, who is here, Nelson Nota, that the um, that Zaka and all the other uh, agencies that have have an Eitza and and have what their what their hadrochas is, what's been given to them about how to deal with uh, this situation. I, I would assume that Rav Fisher was one of the um, groundbreaking psak about what to do with those that blood. What do you do, especially um, when you when the blood is 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 dripping out, and you use sheets or something in order to like stave the the blood flow? Does that get rolled up, and is that put into the is that buried as well? So, as you can see from Fisher's own words, not just something that he said to somebody else. As you can see. First of all, he says, is there a difference between, in terms of Kavura, we might make a difference between dam shiyotza imitsiyas anefesh or ben dam shiyotza acherkach. In other words, dam anefesh we know needs to be buried. That's part of the living, that was part of the living human being who died. So if a person is dying, and as he's dying, the blood is leaving him, maybe that needs Kavura. But perhaps blood that comes out later after the surgical procedure that was done, does that have a din kvura as well? Um, in general, he, he goes into the question, we know that body parts are have to be buried with the mace. But is, does all blood have to be buried with the mace? And if you do say it needs to be buried, is menater midirabonon. And then what happens when the blood is here, but the blood is already mixed in with another element. The blood is mixed in with, with, with the sheet. So there's blood here, but the blood is not pure blood. It's blood together within the sheet. Does that mean you have to, any place that there's the element of the blood where you think the blood is there, that that has to be buried as well? And then he, he proceeds in the course of 12 pages to explain all three areas. I just want to go to the very end here and just get you the, the, you know, the, the nugget of the psak. And of course, uh, I, I can send this to anyone who's interested. It is, and here's what he says after working through this shaila. He says that, whatever the blood is, whether it was you know, blood that was essential for the person's life or something that was stuck in some sort of uh, inner chamber that, that now comes out. Um, and he proves even if it's from Damnida that was meant to come out of the body anyway. So he says, it's Din Echadu. Um, in fact, he's Machadish that in other words, he counterintuitively says that blood that comes out later is actually clearer, 
Chayev Kvura more than the blood that's escaping from the person as he's being killed. So the blood that is the blood that comes out afterwards is more part of the body than even the blood that leaves him in the deadly attack. So you might have thought, oh, you could be more Mako. Actually, Rav Fisher says, and he proves this from his analysis in Uridea, that the blood that comes out later is actually more Homer. Now, then he points out that when, when you have an actual piece of flesh, so what's the halacha? So if part of the body is been separated, so he says like this, if this, most of the body is still there, and this is a, a piece that has become separated. So even though it's not connected, but since you have most of the mace here, so this this severed piece, you're mechuyiv with a mitzvah and a teira to bury it. And it doesn't make a difference how small it is. Because the mace that's, here is an entity and we know that this piece of flesh or drop of blood came from that mace. So therefore you are mechuyiv, you have a chiv of kvur minatera as long as most of the mace came out of the autopsy in, 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 in this, is here. But let's say nebuch, what you have is the mace, like as, as happened in Zaka cases, where there's been a, a terrorist bomb. And because of that, all they have is this part of the body. So then he says, since Rova the mace is not here, the, uh, obviously it's still Avedis HaKadosh to be involved in burial, but that burial would only be rabbinic because most of the body is gone. Um, and that would be a, that would be a chiyav the rabban, not a chiyav the raisa. Now, let's say it's blood and not a piece of flesh. So he says he's not sure. He says based on his analysis of the of the rishonim and achreinim, he says it's a suffix, whether it's chayiv in minatayra or midrabbanan, and you might even say that there's not even a chiyav at all, because blood might not have a din bechlal of 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 of, of, of a chi of kvura. Now, so it's a suffix. It might be minatayra, it might be the rabbanan, and therefore, when you're dealing with this as a chaver kedisha, you, that would that gives you a mokum to be mako. Um What about blood that gets soaked into the 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 sheets? He says that you, he says, um, you definitely should not. He says he, he heard people had suggested that what you do is you wash the sheet and you wash it in water over and over again. And then what happens is all the blood is now out of the sheet and is now in your, in your laundry water. And then what you should do then is pour the laundry water into the grave. That was what some people had suggested because you've extracted the blood from the sheet. That is the blood of the mace, whether it's midaraisa or midarabonon. Now the water that, that, that has now the laundry water that has the blood should now be poured. So Rav, Rav Fisher said that that's, that's not true at all. 
because once you've washed it and you've you've applied the water to it, he says the dam is misbato b'mayim. V'shuv ein kol toeles v'shvichas hamayim al kever. In other words, you've been mavato the dam because uh, we pask and the dam could become bottle in mayim, and therefore the water it's not really blood anymore. It has a din of water. So he says, what you need to do, the Hever Kaddish needs to do, is actually bury, the, despite the law, you know, whatever it costs, to bury whatever the sheets, whatever the blood is there, Kamosha Haim. And even though these are hospital sheets, it's not what the person died in, but those have, those have a key of Kvura as well. Now he mentions, what about if the, um, you know, if people are telling you we can't just throw these sheets away, uh, it's a mokum hefsid. So he has a little eitzah here. He says, "Machabes habeged b'maat mayim." What you should do is wash it a little bit, and this way you can see the blood in the water, and it's not bottle. So, and then you pour that into uh, the kever. Then wash it again. And keep on washing it little by little, not in a huge laundry, but you wash it slightly time and time again, so bittel never occurs. And then every time you wash in that slight manner, you're going to have bloody water. That is not bottle. That gets poured into the grave. So that was his hira here. Again, as a very young man, but this is what, and you can see the clarity of his thinking, I believe. Another thing that he mentioned was that despite how holy our idea of a tahara is, as important as we say, a man, a man and woman need to come with tahara, but if you have someone who's gone through an autopsy or discovered really at the site of a terrorist attack or something, Rav Fisher says, of course there's a din kvura, but the din tahara is a minag. And if you're going to cause blood to go out, you might, and that blood won't be able to be uh, assembled, and that blood won't be able to be gathered, so you're being mavato, a possible assay, uh, even though you say, I, I want to be mechabed de mace by the tahara, but by doing that, uh, you're actually being gairim more blood to go out, and therefore he would he would paskin that you should actually just be put the mace, be uh, cover the mace as is as best as possible. Again, tachrichim with covid, but the tahara part is really even is not a covid in this case because it leads to a bit of what the kvura should be. So again, this was I know groundbreaking and uh and it's just again incredible as you can see this this young person who was thinking about questions that you know you would think he's this uh you know your shalmi who's only thinking about the next shtickle tesis and here he was really thinking in, in, in a very forward-looking way about what was going on nebuch around him uh in terms of the the reality of the autopsies as as as, as, as they were occurring Uh, the next psak comes from the Chuvas Avne Yishva, which was written by someone I was zochet to 
to know and to speak to a number of times. And it's a chaval that he was nifter so young uh, that was a, a Pesach fine handler. Um, um, I think, a, a, I believe he was a Chicago boy. He definitely spoke with a Midwest accent. He used to come back to Chicago often. And uh, I believe he actually had been in the yeshiva that I was connected to, um, uh, Skokie Yeshiva. And he turned out to be one of the more accessible, you know, young poskim in, in Eretz Yisrael. Um, and he, he was a refined handler, as Zuchano of Rocha, was someone who, at a young age, found himself, you know, in the yeshiva world, moving towards Psak, and he had tremendous shimush of, uh, of Reb Vosner, Zuchano of Rocha, Reb Yoshev, and Rosh Hashanah Arabach. Uh, and you know, when you when you are willing to spend hours and hours getting information uh, from these giants, you're going to be able to turn out some. You're going to be, you're going to get a mahalach and psak. Uh, Refine handler's son uh, put together a beautiful liquid called Ashrei Ish, which is um, Rav Yoshev's psakim mesuder according to the Seder Shulchan Aruch. So Refine Handler is a he was a, a wonderful person and he was mafarsim a lot of his psalkim in English. This is an interesting question that a person asked him in 1977. I don't know how old Refine Handler was at that time, but the question was about where to make the bracha on uh, in, a, in a keili mikvah. And most of us who take our keilim to the mikvah I have no question about it, right? <laughs> you stand in front of the mikvah, you know, you go into the kewi mikvah, you make the bracha, and then you put it into the container and you dump it into the water. So Refine Handler, however, uh, in, in his research, discovered that there was a shitas rishonim, and that was also backed up by, by many achronim that said that the reason why we don't make a bracha in a Beis HaMerchatz is because, not because people are, uh, like the simple shop, because people are nude there, and there's people without clothes. And you can't make a brach in front of people that are that are unclothed. But it's because, as you can see from Rameinu Noach, that's quoted here, because that Iker Isra Merachatz Eino Elamishum Isra Zahuma. It's not because of the uh, the problem that there's unclothed people and you can't make a bracha for an unclothed person. We know the Gemara Brachas has an Eitzah that a person is able to lower his body uh, into, the, into the water and cover the genital area. So the problem of the mikveh area is because there's, there's peep, their shmutz. The shmutz comes from people's bodies. The dirt that accumulates on our body and we, when we go into a, uh, a body Water generates zuhuma. Hot water generates shmutz onto from a person's body into the air, and therefore it's that shmutz, not the shmutz of a naked body that could be covered up. The shmutz that came from the dirt that naturally accrues to a body—that's the problem, and therefore that's the reason why you can't um, make a bracha, as he says. That al yidei chamen yesh hevla v'zehuma. So Rafinander deals with a shaila. Okay, so it would turn out that if the keli mikvah that you're bringing your kelim is right near 
the 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 tvilas mikvah. It's not like a separate building, but it's like separate from the men's mikvah or the heated mikvah. So it's a room where, right? It's a room where you're going to have um, uh, the heat, the hevel is going to be in that room. So even though, you know, so there's a question Rav Feinandler gets into, which is, hmm, if I'm in the Kaylee mikvah and it's right next to the, the men or men's mikvah, which has hot water and there's people, there's men going to the mikvah there, even though there's some, but is this an area that I can make a bracha in? Perhaps I'm not able to make a bracha. Um, so Rafinandra deals with the question of maybe making the bracha in a separate room. And this gets into the question of, is it a, anytime you make a bracha in a separate room, but the act of mitzvah is done somewhere else. And he goes into the discussion here. That's really not what I want to zero in on. What I want to zero in on, of course, is that this, if this is a shita that we have to be machmer for, then when a woman goes to the mikvah, then there might be a problem of her making the bracha when she's in the hot watered mikvah. Because you, you're not going to, now you could say there's no zahuma because she cleans her body off, but there's literally a lay plug as far as that goes. We always assume that the, the immersion in the hot water is going to get some of the zahuma off. So basically, you're dealing with a place where it's usher to make a bracha, even if her body is covered up. So this is what Rav Feinandler had discovered, and he brought the question to Rav Shleim Fisher. So as you can see, he says that he brings the prima godim that the mikvah shaos in tocha merchatz mamish, afapi shebonoyhu v'chol kroshus laatzma. So even though the Kaili mikvah, or even the separate bar, the place where they go to the mikvah seems to be its own separate building, but as the Prima Godim says, if it's right near a number of other mikvos, so nofish havla gam sham. So eich mavarachim sham anoshim brocha. Ukemerchatz dayninin lei. Da ha-mikvah ometoch ha-merchatz. So therefore, the, according to this, there's a tzarachian maybe women should make the bracha in the room before they get into the mikvah, and then the, the hefzik shouldn't be an issue. So, um, water, and maybe you should use cold water mikvah, maybe it should be a completely separate building, it has to be built with high mechitzas. So Rabbi Fisher said that if you're coming up with a chumrah about not making a bracha, that's a problem. Uh, okay. So the Omerli Harav again, Harav Shloim Efishel Shlita, Ram Yeshiva Sitri, the Yeshli Zahel Milomerli Isha Shalot Varecha Latvila. If through your research, mitocha abikolat mashta sita she yatsa she yeshach shav safek. Brachapo, that there's going to be a, a doubt whether you should make a bracha or not. He says that's a big problem. Why? If when she goes to the mikveh now, she's not making a bracha, because the next time she goes, she's going to think, eh, it doesn't mean much. 
Right? She knows that in her mind, you make a bracha. When she was a kala, whatever it was, she made a bracha. You're supposed to make a bracha. So Fisher says, now you're going to come up with this chumrah because of, it's a, a, a suffix base hamerkatz, because of the zuama. And you're going to tell her, no, don't make the bracha. What's going to happen is she's going to next time not think that the tvila means anything. Ubeliya bracha, hi choshevet, she'ein kan tvila chamura, vehi mizalzelet bazeh. So therefore, you have to be extremely careful when you, even if your research indicates to you that this should be, oh, well, maybe it's a Suffolk brach here. Maybe you should make the brach in a different place. So um, he says that, and he brought a, but here you have to worry about something else. If you, if this hayra becomes a hayra, then women don't take going to the mikveh seriously, and they're going to be mekel on many things which are ma'akiv daraisa. The bracha is not ma'akiv the tahara. So even, right? So, and, and even making the bracha here, which you could say, oh, it's a bracha b'mokam tinofos, and the chazal or mesakin, not to make brachas here. But then you're going to end up with a woman who's not completely tohar because she didn't take all the chitzitzas off the way she should. And, and she's going to have knots in her hair and other things, which are ma'akiv the tefillah be'etzem. And he brings a raya, Rishlema, from the Piskei Tshuva. If let's say we know a woman comes to a, a, a Paisik, and the Paisik is not sure, is this Nida or not? It's a Ketem. So we're not sure. So the Paisik says, look, you know what? Be a from girl. Be Makabal. Be Makabal. Be Etc. So the Pischei Tshuva says, but she was, she might not have been a Nida at all. And therefore, there's a suffix where you should make a bracha on the tefillah. So he says, <laughs> he says, that's different. <laughs> Over there, all right, you're not sure whether, when she's going to the mikvah, she knows the whole thing is L'chumra, Rav Shleim said. <laughs> so there you could say, suffix bracha sohokel, because you don't even know if she was Tame. Mashankain here, you know she was Tame. <laughs> and, and, and when you tell her not to make the bracha, this is going to be a zilzal for the future. Now, they asked, so the finance said, what if she asks, should she make the bracha? <laughs> so in other words, In other words, if she asks, you're not going to tell her, make the bracha. If she's already enough of a lamdan that she understands it's a mokum, it's mokum zahuma, and maybe you shouldn't make a bracha. But if she doesn't ask, why? Kivin, the olulot says takola. The ain zavad, I shayesh kam bracha Since we're not sure, to tell her, look at to make the bracha when it might be, you don't do that. But if she's going to make the bracha anyway, like she's used to, <laughs> let her make the bracha because it's better that these women should be making the brachas. This way they'll be more machmer on the din. And that's what he says. This, that's what a fine handler says. So, because Lachor, in such a situation, you have the Shittas Rishonim that, that, that it's a Mokum Zuhuama, and yet the women, even though they're covered up, they're making brachas there. We're not, we're not mock, but we let them, we don't say anything to them.
Um, first of all, you could say it's a Rishus La'atzma, each mikvah. Okay, and it's not called the Beis Amerchats. The Xerah Beis Amerchats doesn't apply, that it's a Mokum Zuama, because once they're in the bar, it's a completely different Rishus. You could say that, possibly. And, but he says, but the real reason, he says, is based on what Roshlema Fisher has told us that because we let them make the bracha, because we have this svara, so really Roshlema Fisher provided the rationale for that minag and why we weren't machmer at all. It's interesting, you know, I'm not sure what refined handler means, but he says that Maybe he says the Morviktsia, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, that they should make the bracha in the outside room before they get into the washing area. He says, I'm not in other words, it could be they're embarrassed in a way, that, you know, to, to make the bracha here, and then you know, then they take their then they take their clothes off and go into there. But I'll call upon him. You can see that uh, Rab Fisher's uh, idea here was 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 the seichel hayashar that really explains the minag, despite the fact that the research discovers other sibis for perhaps being machmer, but you have to weigh things in a more important way. And that is Shulot Tekalna L'Osin. So that's a psak in, so that's, so we did a psak in Hilchas Kvura. It was in, in, in Tzvonot, in uh, Tzvonot Gimel. Uh, okay, so Rav Fisher, um, there, was, uh, the, there was a Mifal that wanted to put out a new version, Otsir Pirushim Litolah. And they wanted the Chumash the, the to have on in the in the Otsir, they wanted to have the Rishonim. They wanted to have the Rishonim Achashuvim. And and all the Rishonim. So they wanted to put onto the page, I assume, or in the back, that a person should have it all biyachad, all the Rishonim and Chumash, they put in the parish of Rabbi Yosef Ibn Kaspi, Rabbi Yosef Ibn Kaspi. Um, and this is a sefer that was printed uh, it, during the period of the Haskalah. It was a, he was a very well-known uh, machaber. He wrote a parish of Nevuchim, which was very well-known. And he wrote a Purushim and Altanach, Asara, uh, Asara Klei Kesef, I think is the name of the Sefer on Tanach. And he also wrote a parish on Chumash that has two parts. One part of it is the Milim, and the, and the other part is more the Machshava of the, uh, of the story. Now, the, many people love Kaspi because, for example, on the Pasuk of Ayishak, Yaakov Rachel where we know Yaakov meets Rachel for the first time, so he kisses her. That's what the Pasuk says. So again, the, some of Farshim say that it's, 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 it's not a, a kiss on the lips, it's a kiss on the hand. Some of Farshim say that it has to do with his Ruach HaKodesh, uh, of, of, of what he was recognizing. And Chas V'Sholem, of course, we're talking about Anoshim Gevoim. Yaakov is the Mida of, of, of Teferes, and Rochel is Malchus. And this is obviously something that's Miyusid uh, on Kabbalah. 
and that we can't understand the Kipshutai. So Kaspi writes in his Biur, Kaspi writes that all these people that don't understand who human beings are, he says they don't realize that you have to take the Pasek Kipshutai, that this is what it was, he kisses her, Vikachu. So that's one place. And there's probably other examples. So Rav Fisher, who was a Boki Otsum in all Sifrei uh, Rishonim, uh, he writes that so, Rav Shimo, I think lag nistar means, yeah, it looks like he's being mefarish the Torah, but really, he's really being malagleg on Chazal. He's really holding that Chazal are, 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 in other words, don't know what they're talking about. And even the Torah itself, he feels he's dismissing it. Um, uh, Rav Fisher writes, Habarbanel bepirushal al-Atayra mekalaloi umegadif espirushal al-Amayra mole divrei minus. So even the, the Abarbanel says that this is a terrible book to have. Kiyim bepirushal al-Atayra mitzatato, even though the Abarbanel quotes from Kaspi and, 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 and uses him. He says, V'isr godol l'achzikoi ben sifri ha-Kodesh. L'ashoimim yinam v'aleim tovay birchas toiv. So the, the koteret of this is al tishkon balecha avla. So I'm, I'm going to ask Rav Shimo himself, did im kavanat harav haya sh'asur likol ben Torah o shum adam lachzik sefer kaspi babayit? Because I'm not, im ze kavanato? And what Rav Shimel is telling us, and because he says, you might have thought it's like you can't have it in your house. So if I, like, I have a Kaspi in the other room. So does that mean I am over the Isser? In other words, we have a Sefer written in the period of the Rishonim, Someone who perhaps even knew or was familiar with some of the of, of the men that we consider the great minds, but that doesn't mean even if people used it that it has the chashivas of the rishonim that we're supposed to look at the Torah through their glasses. Just because it's a rishon, we can we're, we not only don't we have to not use it, but we have to have the courage. This is a safer mituav. This is a safer mole minus. This is nivope. This is something that 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 if you print it together, if you print it together with all this farim, you are misunderstanding what a rishon is. We we have this foolishness that we think, you know, again, there were farim that were preserved in manuscript, and even though other people studied them, we have to have the courage to say, this is not from us. Well, it's from us. It's one of us who wrote it. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we put it in the Ramah of a Sefer Kodesh at all. It's basically, right? <laughs> it's, it's so, as I asked Rav Shimel, you're not over an Avera by having it, but in Hilchus Talmud you don't hold it as a, uh, as a Sefer Kodesh. Rav Shimon, would he allow you to read it in the Beis Hakisei, the, the Kaspi? 
Right, right. He would hold it. It, it has a din of Right. So that that was that was and, and that was a to me a hayra that not everything that people think that's not called Tyra. Put it this way: reading Kaspi is a is bitul Tyra. <laughs> you can't make birchas Tyra and open up Kaspi. You can open Radak. You can open this. Now I have to tell you that 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 the parish Rabbi Yudah Chosid al which Rav Moshe, yeah. which Rav Moshe Feinstein held, was usher to have in the house. He felt that's usher. It's a safer that we should not have, and they shouldn't print it, and it shouldn't be there. Yeah. Yehuda Chosid, Rav, Rav Fisher felt was a. Right. Right. So, so, right, there's only so let me Aniakshav Yazbir and Sel Olam. In the Sefer Buda Chosid, there was indicators that parts of the Torah were written at a later time. Right, that there's things in the Torah that really comes from a different Tkufa, that which seemed Rav Moshe Feinstein felt meant that it goes against the idea that everything in the Torah is 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 a hundred percent from from um, from uh, from from Moshe Rabbeinu, and there's nothing in the Torah that's not from Moshe Rabbeinu. So Rav, Rav Moshe felt that that was Kfira. Because now what you're doing is you're now saying that there's parts in the Torah that, that's added from a later time. And that's connected Mishnah in, 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 in Sanhedrin. The Kol Shoimer, Afil Ois Achas Minatera, Kidvar Hashem Boza. But Rabbi. Yeah, the Afu. The Afu. So in other words, so in other words, so what Rabbi Yudah Chassid says that there were mistakes. Hatorah Shalonu hichnis dvarim mucharim. Okay. Afuk. So we say that Ale Lagodol David Amelach Machak Mei Torah V'Sam B'Tiili. Aha. Okay. So in other words, so in other words, there's stuff missing from the Torah. Yesh Tvar Machserim in the Torah Shahiyah B'Torah B'Atchala. Yeah. Kaspi Udome Lemasha Amaral Kotev B'Beira Goylo Al Al Meor Anayim Shel Rabbi Azayim Min Adumim. Right, right. So, so it's interesting that although Reb Fisher made a chiluk, was a chiluk between a sefer like Kaspi and a sefer like Rabbi Yudah Fisher felt Rav Meishu was incorrect. I heard this from Lipa today. I called him up, and Rav Lipa told me that that he heard from Rav Fisher that Rav Meishu didn't know the derech harishonim, that Rav Meishu was not familiar. Uloya ragil. And especially since Rav Moshe was very mesupik on all kisvayad, Rav Moshe, as you know, Rav Moshe was matil sofik on, on, on all types of manuscripts that he felt weren't necessarily 
um, accurate. Uh, and he felt that who knows, Ramesh was always ready to say, Yad Zar Sholtu Bekol Kisveyad, even on the Radvaz and other things. So, but here you see again Rav Fisher's Gvura in saying, again, this is not a safer from Unzer. It might have been written at that time, but it's not a safer Kodesh at all. It's interesting that Rav Daich, um, who's known as Rav Ashkenazi or Shmuel Ashkenazi, as you can see in the next volume, he wrote, Again, Rav Shmuel Ashkenazi was just Nifter last year. He was a Yad and Otsum. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Rav Shmuel, uh, were they Hema Yuchaverim Bachlal? Was Rav Shmuel? Yeah, because both of <laughs> he wasn't as original. That hundred percent true. So, but Rav Shmuel was the the address for almost every uh, person who wanted to find, and he wrote to everyone. And he, you know, if anybody wanted sources, if anybody wanted to find where something was, he, he constantly was writing notes on, on books and, and editings and hagos. He, and he, he looked like Rafaeba Fisher. He looked like an Altayid from Yerushalayim. Weary. You, you couldn't tell the difference, but he was, he drayed a lot in all the libraries uh, in Hebrew and in the, in, in the, in the Sifriya over there. And uh, many people relied on him. So he, when he saw what Rafaeba Fisher had written, he says, you can't write that about a kadmoin. Shasifra matu of moli minas filatsonus. Harayaf mavakra gotov arbanel took from his farim. He says, he says, he says, I agree. Ain't suffic bedover. Shuloi toiv also ewa misyamrim. Lizchis as arabisha kadmoinim to put it in the oitzer perushim. You know, he says, he agrees, but you don't have the chutzpah to say that it's matu of minus. Now, again, I would assume that he probably agreed to Rav Shlomo Fisher, but you don't write such a thing. Rav Shlomo Fisher says, no, you, you have to say the truth. This is a book, it was written hundreds of years ago by a man who lived in a period of all the great men, but this book stinks. <laughs> this book is stinks, and this is what it is. And even though it was written that time, it's not a Rishon. And Rav Ashkenazi felt, look, you don't want to talk like that about them. He, it's, we can't speak on a kadmain that, that it's... Mo- no, we can. We have the right, even living today, to look back at those books and dismiss them and say they don't have a din of, 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 of Sifri Kodesh. Now, Rav Shmuel Ashkenazi, Rav Daich, does say that... that um, that you should, when they talked about putting a tachnit of all the mafarshia mikra, he also said, take off Kaspi. But he says, the problem is, he says, we have a generation that, he says, we have a generation of Sheker. He says, he says we have a generation of people don't know Benjaminam Lusmoilam, Valemu Naso Hefkel, in other words, the, 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 anything they find in any manuscript, they want to print right away. They don't know the real McCoy from the phony. So they go to a base Hasvarim and they find some sort of uh, Xavyad 
oh, we found the Ksavya, nobody has it, let's, let's print it, let's write it up, let's make money, because now he says everybody can, 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 can copy stuff, and everybody's able to generate books, and as you can see, um, Rav, Rav, Rav Shmoshkanazi was against that. But there is, a, there is a difference between them, which I think is very important. Rav Fisher was willing to say, look, be honest, this is not from ours. And just because something has the provenance of 800 years ago doesn't mean that we have to macabre it or work on answering it. We have the, we have the right to just dismiss it totally and completely. Otherwise, we need, we have our own afkhana of who's, who is with us and who's not. And, and, and sometimes you can't be like Rav Moshe Feinstein. You have to know the material. You have to know what you're referring to. But Kaspi is so unique and so different that he gets pushed completely out. So that's in Hilchas Talmud Teira, Hilchas Nida. You know, there is a minag among Chassidim and Anche Maisa not to learn on the, um, not to learn on the, uh, the 24th, December 24th because it's considered Nittelnacht. It's the night that somehow, although it's not really when Oysa Ish was, was born, but since so many Christians take from there the essence of their, the, the simcha of their holiday and their, their, their identity of being a, a Christian, so we don't want to learn to give koach to the sitra achra, to the, to the other powers that be. So Rav Fisher um, mentions that, the idea that he says, he says that yesh no agim Some have the meaning not to learn Torah. Now, as Rav Shimel has pointed out, like many in Eretz Yisrael, that despite their grandparents not learning, that was only in Chutzlaretz, where the Christian world was so strong. But in Eretz Yisrael, even if people their grandparents didn't learn on December 24th, but in Eretz Yisrael, the idea of nittel isn't strong. Um, and I remember I was with Rav Nota Greenblatt uh, on December 24th night in Yerushalayim, and there were a couple of his cousins who were Gerach Sidim were, were being mocked on nittel. And I remember Rav Nota was laughing and telling them it's all Narishkeit, even in Chutzlaretz, you know, even here in America, not to learn. A person has to learn Tyrum. And it's clear to me that I would say Rav Fisher was such a masmid that he would have learned no matter what. Um, however, he feels there is something to it, the idea of this period, even though it's not connected to the historical Jesus, there's still a reason why this period is there's something going on in this period of Tavis. So basically, the idea that Rav Fisher has is that Asara B'Tavis, and this is a, a very, it's only a one page, it's only really like a page and a half in the Drosha Space Yisha. It's a very, it's Ma'od Katsar. It's a Ma'od Katsar, but basically his Yisod here is that the tenth of Tavis isn't just because Somach Melech Bovel Al Yerushalayim. It's not just because there was a uh, the beginning of the siege in the time of the first Beis Amikdosh. That's not the reason behind it, because really, as as the very famous Abu Dram that's quoted by the Beis Yosef says that even if Asar B'Tevis was on Shabbos, you would fast. 
And the Pasuk in Yechezkel that uh, is quoted by the Abu Dram is the following, that Kasav et Shem Ayom, et Etzem Ayom Hazeh, Samach Bevel Yerushalayim, Be'etzem Ayom Hazeh. So the Navi was telling Yechezkel, B'Nevua, what was going to happen. So Etzem Ayom Hazeh means like Yom Kippur. But Rav Fisher wants to know, what is the side? What does it mean? What is this great day? Yes, Asar B'Tevis, we have to fast and think about the Chorban, but to the point that it can be compared to Yom Kippur, you would fast on Shabbos if that would happen? What is the great sod of, 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 of Asar B'Tevis? So the truth is, is that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rebbe Mechabad, has a number of contrasim on this. And he says, because that's the first, that's the beginning of when things started, the, the lack of Shlita in our country. That, true, the second Beis HaMikdash came and we lost that, but when was it that we lost Shlita and of our own life? When did that Sora begin? It began on uh, that first Asara B'Tavis. So even now, in a way, everything ties back to that. Now, in that, uh, I don't think Rav Fisher saw the Rebbe's uh, Likutim on that in Likutei Sichos. I don't know if he looked in all the Wakute Sichas or not, uh, Rav Yosef, but he makes it even deeper than that. He makes it, it's deeper than the fact that this is when all our Tsaris began and this is the beginning. He speculates that the, uh, that Asar B'Tevis was the day, and he says, de Mistafina Asar What is that? Michiras Yosef. He says that Mechiras Yosef occurs on Asari B'tavis. Now, and he says Mechiras Yosef, he has a yesod that, as we know from the Asari Ruge Malchus, that we are still paying the price of the selling of Yosef. And the selling of Yosef occurred, he says, on Asari B'tavis. The Cheta Egel, in a way, was, was, was a continuation or a hisoyerus of the chet of Mechiras Yosef. The Maraglin was connected, of course, as we know, to, to Mechiras Yosef, Asar Ruge Malchus. So Mechiras Yosef occurs on Asar B'tavis. Now, he has, now I'm going to ask Rav, he, he, he builds the case. He doesn't have many Mechiras here to build that. He says, Yesha Remez, there's a Remez from from the mazel of Tevis is Gidi, and, and we know that, that of course, they shechted a Gidi to, to cover up the sale of Yosef. Um, he also says the Pasuk in Yecheskel, which is right after that, mentions the blood is, is uncovered on the rock. al And we know that when Yosef, uh, uh, when, when, when the brothers speak about their Veira uh, to Yosef, the, the, why they're being punished by, by Yosef, it was, that he made domo nidrash. So you see that the dam of Yosef is still a living thing, that maybe that's what the Pasuk and Yechesko is referring to. But then he says that something even more than that. He says that Mechiras Yosef was the beginning of, of Golos Mitzrayim. And Golos Mitzrayim, of course, was the beginning of all the all our goliot, uh, and 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 all the korbanos could come from Mechiras Yosef, but then he says something. He gets it even further. 
he brings from the Sifrei Mukubalim, Yalkut Raveni, he quotes, that Avram Avinu died B'chodesh Tevis. And the remest of that was, because it's Tikaber B'seva Tova. So Seva Tova is Rosh Tevis Tevis. So Avram was told by God that he would die B'tevis. So Rav Fisher asks, okay, tell me I'm going to die old, tell me I'm going to die, I'll be, I won't be sick. Why is it important to know in Brisbane Absarim that Avram dies in Tevis? Brisbane Absarim is our history, how we're going to go into Golis, how we're going to go into Chorbonois. Why is, why is the death in Tevis important to know? So, Rav Fisher wants to say that, that Avram maybe maybe I'm mistaken here, but I think he's saying this, that Avram dies, that's the day, of course, that Esav goes with Tarbus Ra. The day that Esav goes with Tarbus Ra, something else happens. What happens there, first of all, Esav becomes a complete Russia, but also it's the time of the Mechiras HaBechoira. The Mechiras HaBechoira, even though we say it was a good thing, gave the Koach of Esav and the Koach of Amolek Koach. In some way, there was a chet. In some way, the, the, the Maisa of Mechiras Habachor gives power to Esav. Because it does, on a simple level, it means that Yaakov is now the one who's going to go down to Mitzrayim, and Yaakov is the one who's going to go through the Ishtalshuas. But if the, if the, if the Mechiras Habachor doesn't happen, then it sounds what Rav Fisher is saying, that Esav and Yaakov, in a way, aren't going to be separated. There isn't going to be a koach of, of which he calls klipas haklovim, right? That's not going to happen. Um, because as he says, that um, the, 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 the Esav and Yaakov would somehow share the burden. And there would never have been that separation that would have generated the koach chazak of Esav and which is Edom, and the Koach of Amalek. So he's, he seems to be saying, that's, Right, but I, I think he, he doesn't say it exactly, but he's mashvit. It sounds like the same way the Mechira happens. The Mechira, the Mechira's Yosef, which means Yosef, is 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 the shlit on Yosef? Who is the sholit on Yosef? Esav and Amalek. We know that the sitnoi show show Esav is Yosef. So the power against Yosef is the power of Esav, the power of Edom, and that that God koach. I think our Fisher is is he might not be saying it rochol bitraktana, but kachani korebe nashurot that he seems to be saying that that also happened in that period. So that was also part of it. And and Mimela, that's why he says that this day, Nittal, Nittal also happens always around the Zman of Tchufas Tevis. This time that we call Nittal, Christmas time, this is a time that is also connected to, you're right, the the day he was born, it's an Irish kite. He's not born then. He is born. We don't know. 
But we know this act that occurred at this time is the time that gave the Koach, the Shlita, to the Chitzonim. It gave the Shlita to, 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 to Esav and Klipas Amolek, and therefore, even it's not exactly Asar Davis, but it's Betkufas Davis. And therefore, when 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 this occurs, this is it's all drawing from that same koach, and it really implies Rav Shimon Ledaiti Right? It's possible that there could have been a hamtzah where the bechor wouldn't have been sold to Esav, and it's possible that might have changed things. I think so. Um, and and I just want to end with one thing that he says. And this, you see the 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 brilliance of Reb Fisher. Um, he says that Venira smach minagam. Where's there a smach to the minag not to learn on nitl? So we know we have to kill him kufyutet. It's called shmona api because you have every letter of the aleph base. Eight with psukim eight times over. We say it, of course, at, at, at a Leviah. They say it at a yard site. It's Tillam one nineteen kufyutet. So there's one pasuk. There's in, in the ayans where it says arov avdecholatov al yashkuni zedim. So the uh, that pasuk is the most unique pasuk in that parak, because as Rav Fisher points out. And I read this this morning, and I said, give out. If you look in the Sefer called the Mesorah on Tehillim, it says that kol aleph pez rabosi is bechol posik chad minasar lishnei elim. If you look in Tehillim Kufutes, it's the longest capital in Tehillim, every single one of those psukim has one of these ten words, either derech, edus, pakod, mitzvah, amira, Torah, mishpat, Sedek, Chok, or Dibur. Check it out. You'll see. Every single pasuk has Eidosecha, Chokecha, Mishpatecha, Teiroscha. One of them, it doesn't. And that's this one. This pasuk is the one. Now, the, the Mesorah says it's a remis to the Aseris Adibras. That's our Torah. That's us. That's our Achiza. But there's one pasuk there that's the source, the Mokam Achiza, that there can't be Torah in. There is no Torah in that Pasuk. The Aseris Adibras are everywhere, but there's one Pasuk that represents Klipas Esav, Klipas Amolek, and that's this Pasuk that is somehow attached. And what is that? Kol Avdecholatov Al Yashkuni Zedim. Right? In other words, Arov Avdecholatov, meaning stand up for us. Be an oro for us. Help us. Be a, a co-signer. Be a supporter for us. Don't let the Zaydim destroy us. The Zaydim, of course, are the power of the Christians, the power of Edom and Esav. And if he says, you take a look at the Sof Tevos, is Klovim. Because the Kelev is the symbol of the chutzpah of, 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 against of Amalek, is the dog. Amalek is Amluk, because it licks up like dogs lick up. Sorry, uh, uh, mark, but the point is, is that uh, molek and dogs go together, and um, this is the pasuk which has that achiza. So then he says that Jesus, the Osoish, you can find him in the pasuk where it talks about um, not letting a person's body stay out. 
once it was hung. Now we know hanging did not mean by the neck. Hanging, when they did, when they would hang a body to show a person, uh, they didn't, it's not like in, in the movies where he has, uh, where he has the hachevel ala tzavar. That's not what it was. Hanging meant you would be put up high and the body would be strapped. You would put ropes to keep the body strapped. That's what it means by haman as well. So that's basically what we call tziluv. That's basically what we call crucifixion. People, Laman Yishmu Viru, that his body should hang up. His body should be hung up and people should see it. But you need to take the body down and bury it. Why? So the Torah writes, because the man is like God, right? Kikilos Elohim, you can't, you, you can't hang the image of God. So Rav Fisher, though, says that, that those words of Kikilos Elohim Tolui, that is... That was Yeshu. That was Yeshu Anotsri. He was Kilolos Elohim Tolui because, as our Fisher says, that he, in a way, said he was God. <laughs> or at least they, people thought he might be an aspect of God. So therefore, he's the Kilolos Elohim Tolui. He's the one who really degrades God by calling himself God. He's the one who was crucified. But then Rav Fisher says something which you have to be the Ragachover to say. <laughs> to see that. If you take the word, if you take the word, this is incredible. If you take the word Elohim Tolui, which is a, which is a remez to Jesus. Elohim Tolui. He was the one who was crucified up there. And he thought that he had godly, uh, like, like he was connected, that he was uh, an aspect of God. Take those letters, those nine letters, Elohim Tolui, or the Rosh Tevas. get ready for this. The Laman in Elohim is low. The Tuf in Tolui is Tosur. The Mem in Elohim is Min. The He in Elohim is Hadover. The Aleph in Elohim is Asher. The Yud in Tolui is Yagidu. The Lamed in Tolui is Lecha. The Yud in Elohim is Yamin, and the Vav in Toli is Vismo. Let's read it all together. That you should not defy the Sanhedrin. That if a person wants to live a life, even though he thinks it's the right thing, and he's doing it for the right, he thinks for the right reason. But if the Sanhedrin stays in opposition to him, if a person, and they tell him, no, you're wrong, step down. This is not what you should do. You might think that you're bettering the world. You might think that there are problems that Yadus has, whatever the intent of Yeshu was. But he was over And that's why, as the Rambam is not afraid of saying, the Bezdin, and again, Fisher is not afraid of saying it either, the Bezdin pushed for him to be crucified and killed. And that's where he found the remez of Leisosur in, in, in Elohim Tolim. So he, Fisher himself, of course, did not learn, did learn on, on, on Nittel, but he was able to show how Nittel is connected to Tevis and connected to perhaps the Zman of the Tkufas Tevis, Asarba Tevis, and how it really is the place where Yaakov, where, where by Yaakov's selling of the Bukhar, he really was, gave the koach to Esav to be sholate, and we don't want to necessarily give that koach in learning. We want to recognize what it is that, we've, that we're living through. So these are, uh, as I would say, golden nuggets. And, and, and again, tipa tipa menayam of 
the mahalach of of of, of Fisher. So as we approach Shloshim, it's a, a, a tremendous covet to have Rav Shimel here, a Talmid Shelo, Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.